Hello, I'm Connor Azagari, and you're listening to 10,000 Flicks, or Con Solo, as I refer to it privately, not publicly, because I don't want Disney's lawyers up my ass. You're listening to what I hope is a wildly inconsistent and difficult to understand show that I'm just going to keep doing because I have nothing better to do. Today's episode is, on my list, number... 6,504, Private Benjamin, a delightful comedy from 1980 starring Goldie Hawn, Eileen Brennan, and Armand Asante, among others. It's about a sort of heiress who loses everything and decides to join the army on a whim, finds out she doesn't belong, then finds out she might just belong if she tries just a little bit harder. Uh, pretty good. I enjoyed this. I had heard about this film before for many years. My grandmother is a big fan of this film, which is funny. If you know my grandmother at all, her taste in film is wildly inconsistent. Uh, but I'm always amusing. This is part of my family's collection. Uh, I watched it on Max now, not HBO Max anymore. They, they gave one of the streaming services a name. That's never going to not bother me. But whatever. Uh, so HBO Max, I watched this, I finished this about, let's say, ten minutes ago. And it's one of those films where, I don't know if you've noticed this about uh, some military films, but whenever they start out at boot camp, or basic training, that's the best part of the movie. You know, Full Metal Jacket, Stripes, Private Benjamin. Uh, why is this? I don't know. Is it because we enjoy the camaraderie, the bonding, the, I don't know, the growth of, you know, the character development? And then once we leave basic, we either have the solid unit, or in Private Benjamin's case, we just leave all those characters and follow Benjamin as she seduces a French guy. Uh, could have been better on that front, but you know what? Let's start out with my letterboxed review uh, so you guys can get a more thorough view of what I thought of this movie. I gave it three and a half out of five stars, which is a solid eight for me. Private Benjamin is a quirky, fish-out-of-water comedy that excels largely thanks to Goldie Hawn's committed performance, first as a spoiled, bratty princess and later as a determined soldier. It's not quite as funny as I expected, but what it lacks in laughs it makes up for in story and character. Plus, it's a 20th century comedy about women in the military, but it doesn't paint women as unfit to serve or as a novelty. The film takes them as seriously as it takes the enlisted men. Always nice to see something progressive. When her husband dies on her wedding night, Judy Benjamin is understandably distraught. She gets talked into joining the army by a shady recruiter, played by Harry Dean Stanton. When she arrives at basic training, she's shocked to find there's no yacht, no five-star room service, nothing. What she finds is resentment from her fellow trainees and a complete lack of faith from her commanding officer, Captain Lewis, played by Eileen Brennan. But it's her parents' lack of belief in her that shakes her to her core and gives her the drive she needs to do this right. 
That's about when I checked out, as the rest of the film involves Judy seducing a Frenchman who might be a commie, but it turns out he's just an asshole. Despite a fairly boring final act, Private Benjamin is a mostly enjoyable movie and one of Goldie Hawn's best. I hope it did for women in the military what Top Gun did for douchebags who wanted to be Navy pilots. You guys remember that? When Top Gun came out and the enlistment in the Navy surged like 300% because everyone wanted to be fucking Maverick? Well, I couldn't find anything to back this up, but I really hope that Private Benjamin encouraged more women to enlist in the military. So this film was nominated for three Oscars at the 53rd Academy Awards. Uh, Best Actress for Goldie Hawn, Best Supporting Actress for Eileen Brennan, and Best Original Screenplay. Uh, this was back when comedies had a lot more clout in the awards season. You know, screenwriters like Woody Allen, Nancy Myers, John Cleese, Nora Ephron. They were winning or, you know, sometimes even getting Best Picture. Like, I don't know what happened. Comedy kind of turned a little raunchy in the 90s and no one's given Oscars to American Pie. Uh, understandably so. So I have some highlights here uh, for Private Benjamin. There are some scenes I wanted to shout out that either made me laugh or I just wanted to discuss. So we start this movie at Judy's wedding. And uh, her lifelong dream is to be pampered and not have to work. Yeah, that's pretty much everybody's lifelong dream, I think. Uh, she's marrying Albert Brooks, a guy named Yale. What a great name for a, for a character, just Yale. And uh, they get married, and on their wedding night, he comments on how beautiful her ass looks, gets really horny, bangs her in the bathroom, despite her being like, could we move to the bedroom? He shouts... Uh, honey, I'm coming, and then he dies of a heart attack, <laughs> like right on top of her. It's pretty shocking, pretty jarring, and so darkly hilarious. She's married to this guy for six hours, and when asked uh, by his family his last words, she's honest. She says, I'm coming. Of course, they probably didn't think, you know, the right context. Uh, at this wedding, we get a terrible rendition of I Only Have Eyes For You by the Flamingos, one of my all-time favorite love songs, which I cannot recite here due to, you know, fear of copyright, but uh, suffice it to say, the Flamingos version is much more concise and kind of creepy. I remember it uh, used to into prominence in an uh, episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer in Season 2. I think it was also called I Only Have Eyes For You. It was about... Uh, the ghost of a teacher and student who fell in love in the 60s or 50s, and they were possessing students to reenact their final hours and, uh, like, killing all these students because they, you know, killed themselves in the final in their final time. And then they possessed Buffy and the recently soulless uh, Angelus, and they were able to reenact it proper and pass on. But it was... In the midst of the whole Angelus arc, it was like very, you know, it kind of stopped the story in its tracks, but it was still a good episode. I don't know why I'm talking about Bubby. Uh, Goldie Hawn. I've always been a fan of hers. Uh, growing up, one of my all-time favorite movies, and still to this day, is 1992's Death Becomes Her, where she stars opposite Meryl Streep and Bruce Willis. It's one of the most bizarre films that Robert Zemeckis ever made. It's about, basically, uh, Streep and Hawn are lifelong rivals who keep uh, 
Street keeps stealing her boyfriends because one time Han called her cheap and she never let her forget it. And uh, Streep's an aging actress who's starting to show it and is starting to really freak her out. And she gets a uh, invite to a mysterious benefactor who offers her the secret to eternal youth, eternal life and eternal youth. That's the that's the kicker. It's Isabella Rossellini, and she has this potion that turns Meryl Streep back into her younger self. But uh, if she ever gets mortally wounded, she'll continue to be alive, but she'll rot away. And that's exactly what happens to her and Goldie Hawn, who also takes this potion. And the movie's basically them two trying to figure out a way to survive long term as they are rotting away as zombies. It's it's so hard to explain unless you've actually seen the movie. Uh but it's 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 good. I I like it a lot. The movie that uh, Zemeckis cranked out between Back to the Future Three and Forrest Gump never really got a lot of uh, mainstream attention. I don't think, but for some reason, I watched it all the time when I was a kid, and it's, it remains one of my favorites. That's primarily what I know Goldie Hawn from. Uh, moving on. So she. Uh, Judy is very distraught about losing her husband after six hours. Doesn't really know what to do with her life. Her parents have pretty much pampered and taken care of her her entire life, and now they're like, "You're 29. You need a man. You know, get back on the get back on the horse." And she's like, "My husband's dead." So she gets a. I think she got a phone call from the. Uh, no, she she called into a radio station to uh, to complain about her problems, and somebody heard it and said, "You know what? You need the army." So she went to talk to the guy, and that was Harry Dean Stanton, and he lies to her completely about what the army's all about. Like it's like that video in The Simpsons where, you know, the you know, the, the navy's like you know hot chicks and beaches all the time. It's it's, it's that shit. And uh, Judy goes to basic training, and is immediately surprised when there's no five star restaurants and Eileen Brennan's up her ass. And Eileen Brennan in this movie is just fantastic. She is just the ultimate hard-ass drill sergeant's boss who does not take any shit. And I knew her primarily as uh, Mrs. Peacock in the Clue movie from 1985, which is such a fantastic comedy. The best movie ever made based off a board game. Uh, yeah, delicious movie. So, <laughs> Eileen Brennan is, like, stunned that when Judy tells her, like, hey, uh, I want to go home. This is not what I signed up for. And she's like, oh, yeah, you got your toothbrush handy? And then Judy cleans the entire bathroom with her electric toothbrush. But then later on in the movie, we see her with that same toothbrush. And I just was thinking, did she keep that? Did, is she still using the toothbrush she cleaned the entire bathroom with? Oh, my God. I'd rather die. You, you could not convince me to ever. Oh, my God. Um, so Judy's just complaining the whole time. She... Everyone kind of hates her because, you know, she's not trying, she's bitching, and they're all trying to do something. So her parents show up to pick her up. Like, it's summer camp, and she's sad. And they pretty much just bitch her out and say, like, you know, you're a quitter. You, like, how could you do this to us? You have never finished anything in your life. Like, just come home and stop acting like you're a soldier. And this is the motivation that Judy needs. Now she wants to do it despite her parents and prove to herself that she's worth something. Which is a good turn in the movie, because at that point, you're kind of just thinking, like, oh my god, I can't relate to this whiny bitch. But thankfully, she picks it up. You know, 
manages to succeed at uh, boot camp uh, capture the flag thing, the barrack games or whatever they called it, and uh, graduates. And that's about where the film kind of stops for me. But there's still another like hour of the next act, which is she gets uh, forcibly sexually um, attacked by her commanding officer who uh, she then manages to blackmail into sending her to France where she meets or where she re-meets um, Henri, this French guy she felt she fell for at a bar the night of a uh, graduation. And then from there, it's just her and this French guy, the army's like, Hey, he's a communist. And she's like, no, he's not. He's, he's beautiful. And then you'd find out that he's just your, your typical French asshole. Who's trying to, turn her into the perfect little wife while also cheating on her left and right. And at the end of the movie, they're about to get married, and she wises up and punches him in the face, calls him a schmuck, and walks away towards a life all her own for the first time. Because she's always been with somebody. She's always defined herself by her relationships. And now, after using you know the army to gain some confidence, she's going to be her own person. So things are looking up for, for Judy Benjamin at the end of this movie. And uh, that's pretty much all I got. It's a delightful film, you know, very anti-gaslighting, very pro-woman, very pro-women in the military. Love that. And uh, there you have it. So, yeah, I'll be cranking these out whenever I want. I'm pretty much just going to be discussing the film at hand, my initial thoughts. They're not going to be that long. I'm seeing this one's going to hit probably 14 minutes. That's, that's good. That's a good... That's a good length for this. Um, the film list that I'm drawing from is, of course, any film that I have never seen, trying to get it up to 10,000. I'm up to 9,275, so I'm open to any and all suggestions. Send those to filmgasm at gmail.com or comment on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Filmgasm Productions. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, there you go. Next one is my next pick. Number 6,344, Picnic at Hanging Rock, 1975 uh, Mystery, directed by Peter Weir, available to stream on Max. I don't know why I keep getting P movies on Max. You know what? It's just fate. It's entirely random. I promise. 100% random. Uh, hey, look, I made it past 14 minutes. Could we go 15 minutes? Maybe. I don't know. Nah, I won't drag it out like that. Who wants to listen to a podcast where you're just watching me count? Uh, take it easy. We'll have another one for you. We, I'll have another one for you as soon as I can. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening to our content. We got cool shit coming out every week, all the time. I want to thank my awesome team for cranking that shit out, particularly Austin. He works so damn hard for this show. And, uh, yeah, peace. <laughs> Thank you.